Welcome back to, to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. So last week, we took a little bit of an abstract look at how the left of normal mind is aware or unaware of our surroundings. Uh, if you missed that one, scroll back through and find it. Let me know if it makes sense, or if you were left just scratching your noggin, far more confused about the left of normals than you are now. So today we have a special guest on our cast. I'm trying to incorporate these guests once a month or so in order to break up the monotony of my voice. Yes, I'm fully aware of the monotonous nature of how I talk, and our guest today is as well. He likes to make fun of me, especially when I answer the phone when he calls. Fortunately, he has learned over the years that he should just text me because half the time I sit there and I look at my phone waiting for it to stop ringing so I can go back to playing whatever stupid video game I was playing on it at the time. Uh, I've known our guest for, I don't know, about seven years, I think. Uh, he's been very influential in my life, providing great opportunities for me and my business that have allowed me to grow considerably. And despite the fact that he talks a lot, I still hang around him for some reason. Welcome to the guest, welcome to the guest, welcome to the show, Aubrey Kincaid. Hello, Scott. It's actually been eight years, but time flies when you're having fun, right? Right. Uh, so, like when Gary was on a few weeks ago, I have a handful of questions, and then we'll just see where this thing goes. I'm going to actually start a timer here because I was watching the little clock thingy on Gary's episode, and it turned out that it was like a bit meter or something like that, and we ended up going way longer than I had hoped. So... I'm gonna get that. So you'll hear, might hear an alarm go off if Aubrey just starts talking and won't stop. <laughs> so tell us, Aubrey, uh, if you remember the first time that we met and kind of what your initial thoughts were about me, kind of as they regard to personality and left of normalness. And by the way, folks, I've encouraged my guests to be open and not to worry about hurting my feelings because I don't actually have any. <laughs> No, you're, you're confusing feelings with a soul. Being a ginger doesn't mean you don't have feelings. It means you don't have a soul. So, but uh, no, so the first time I met you, Scott, uh, I don't know exactly the first time. I just know that uh, when we met at Rock Creek Roasters, that's kind of what sticks out to me. And I was running the opportunity by you. And uh, I was I was thinking, man, I sure hope this works out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it worked out far better than I could have possibly imagined. So. So, I don't actually even remember the Rock Creek Roasters one. That opportunity was to write for the Rimrock Neighbors magazine, which then led into also writing for Cliffside Neighbors, and eventually writing for Bozeman Neighbors and another Bozeman magazine. can't remember the name of it offhand. But uh, we met through a biz-to-biz networking group, which is where a lot of my contacts have come from over the last eight years or so. Uh, so over the years, years that we've interacted, does anything that I've done come to mind knowing what you know now, and you can say, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Were there any weird actions, interactions, or things that I did? My favorite story is when we went to Milwaukee to a Best Version Media <laughs> conference, and Mr. Sexy Pants himself, Brian Gilchrist, was, was standing there, and you'd never met him before. And we had these lanyards that had little ID cards that clipped on. And you went up to 
uh, Brian and you unclipped his card from there <laughs> and he didn't notice that you had done it and you kept looking at him and looking down at his card and looking at him and looking down at his card <laughs> and it absolutely cracked me up I thought it was one of the funniest things I'd seen in a long time Brian was this like typical very outgoing salesman type guy so he was super interested in talking to people and not really paying attention to what was going on around him it took I think I had to actually point at the floor and say, why is your name tag on the floor? Before he realized what, he didn't even realize what happened. He realized his name tag was on the floor. We'll have to tag him when this is posted. I see what you did there. Tag him. Tag. Name tag. Yes. Tag his name. Uh, so how has the understanding of left of normal changed the way you act and interact, not just with left of normal people, but just people in general? Well, I don't think it's changed uh, much based on any of that. I just think that I can identify more with people who are left of normal than they might think because I'm alone an awful lot, a lot more than people might know. And uh, yeah, so I can identify with it a lot more than, than people may think. Um, and people might not think it, but I'm more of an ambivert. Um, I really do like being around people, but also I like, uh, there's a lot of times where I like to be alone too. Ambivert. Is that where you can write with your life, left hand and your right hand? No, that's when someone goes missing and they're trying to find them. It's ambivert. Oh. Yes. Right? They, they buzz on my phone. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of more of a, more of an introvert, extrovert thing. Not necessarily left of normal thing. Oh. But if you listen to episode two, episodes one and two talk about left of normal versus right of normal. And then episode two goes into left of normal, right of normal, introvert, extrovert. So it's kind of a quadrant rather than a spectrum. Ah. For my listeners to uh, the new listeners, those are kind of the two foundational episodes that kind of set up the premise for everything else. Uh, so how has this podcast and the left of normal community and the things that I've been introducing the world to opened your eyes to anything in your own life and your own personality versus other people's personalities and things that you might see that kind of make a little more sense now? Well, I think the rehearsing of social situations and things like that is something that it I, I've definitely done as well. And I can see where it's it's, uh, I, I've had to learn social situations over the years because I was an only child and didn't have a lot of, a lot of those, uh, built-in social skills that people from larger families can often have. So it's definitely been interesting to see that it's, it, it's something that a lot of other people do. And also analyzing things after I've said them, uh, especially if it's something where I think it might sound dumb, definitely done that a lot. And and just seeing that, I think really we're all on kind of a spectrum of, of introvert and extrovert. And obviously, you know, as, as Scott says, it left and right. And when we try to characterize ourselves as one or the other, I think we miss out on, on parts of us that could help us understand who we are better. That's kind of why I go into the left of normal. Normal is in the middle, not on the right hand end of the spectrum. 
So I'm just left of normal, but there's a whole other spectrum that nobody really talks about, nobody classifies, that's to the right of normal. I kind of get into that and I say, it's these people that are super outgoing, super talkative, love getting together with other people, but the farther right they go, the fewer social skills they have. And just like left of normal, we don't like getting together, we don't talk as much, but the farther left you go, the fewer social skills you have. So it's kind of that, if you know the statistic bell curve, the normal is right in the middle, and then there's the outliers on either end. So Aubrey, tell us a little bit just about you and how you got to where you are today. Just what brought you to be in the position you are? Well, the next question we'll talk more about jobs. So okay, just kind of you as a person. Me as a person. Well, I love connecting people and I love uh, helping to build community. And I got an opportunity to do that with magazines and, and working with Scott. Scott was definitely pivotal in helping to build that Rimrock Neighbors and Cliffside Neighbors community. And through that, it, it's been nice because I've, I've been able to find out what my strengths are and step into those. And yeah, just as far as who I am as a person, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a dad with four kids and been married for coming up on 20 years and just love my life and thankful that I get the opportunities to do things that I love and make money at it. And speaking of making money, uh, when we first met for the first few years, it was all about being the publisher of the Rimrock Neighbors and Cliffside Neighbors magazines. But over the handful of years I've known you, you've had somewhere around 37 jobs. Okay. Uh, most of them were about from about a year ago to about three years ago in that two-year yep. stretch where you just kind of bounced around to like everything. Mm -hmm. uh, what can you tell us about finding the right fit and what should a person look for in themselves to bring them to a job that works for them? Oh man, I'm glad you asked this. I always refer people to a Venn diagram that I found to be very helpful, which the three circles that unite, you try to find where they unite. And one is, what are you good at? What do you love to do? And what can you make money doing? And where those three intersect, that's where you can really step into your power and get into your green zone, as I call it. The green zone being the things that you do that make money. Uh, not to be confused with the danger zone. And uh, there's a highway that goes to that, so just be careful. Now, when it comes to the how those things combined for me, it was real estate. Real estate investing. And as I'm finding, it's a lot more of a collaborative than a competitive industry. And uh, great opportunities to collaborate with other investors and to uh, connect people to make, make deals happen. Oh, and, and as far as other jobs, what I had realized is if I, if I don't like some kind of job that I'm doing, the worst thing I can do, both for the person employing me and for myself, is to, is to try to just, oh, stick it out, you know? And uh, I think sometimes we worry too much about what other people think and not enough about how it's actually going to impact our entire lives, not just our lives, but our families and how we how we interact with the world. And so it's best for us to make sure that we're doing things that we find to be fulfilling. I think that's kind of two of the biggest bad advices that we got from our parents' generation. One was get a college degree and find a job. And two was just stick that job out, make some money, retire someday. And it worked in the 
60s, 70s, 80s, maybe even the 90s, but now it's just, why are you making yourself miserable because that's what worked when, you know, wages actually paid a livable wage and pensions were a thing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm all about, well, for one, I get into it in a lot of these episodes about how uh, jobs just never worked out for me. I always butted heads with supervisors because they were stupid and they wouldn't take feedback and or I was stupid and didn't want to do it the way it should have been done. And so none of these jobs really ever worked out. And I was always stuck in these low paying jobs and never any room for, room for advancement. And so finally I just gave up and it's like, why am I doing this when I can make far more money doing my own thing, mm-hmm. work part time, have way more family time. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. A little shameless plug, if you want to discover where that Venn diagram for your own skills, I do have a program. It's called Know to Grow. It's taking you from no idea to growing your idea. www.knowtogrow.com. You can contact me through this and we can kind of figure all that out. But that's kind of where one of my passions is, is my niche is helping people find their niche. Did you ever notice that some supervisors are not super at all? Yes, I've noticed most supervisors got promoted to that position and absolutely no training on actually how to lead. So there's more mediocre visors. Yes. They should do that. More of like overseers. They just kind of watch and say, that doesn't line up with the handbook, <laughs> even though the handbook was written by monkeys. <laughs> so next question is, as a business owner and entrepreneur, that I would say is probably just right of normal, or at least a normie, and very outgoing. What can you say you've learned about working with or employing left of normal people? I really enjoy working with left of normal people because they tend to be executors and get things done. My wife, I would say, is very likely left of normal, and she is an executor. She gets things done. And uh, Scott, very much the same way. I never had to look over your shoulder when I was working with you on stuff. Also, I like how another friend of mine might not be left of normal, but his name's Trevor and actually has a very successful podcast. One thing about him is when I would talk to him, I'd I'd have to wait oftentimes 10, 15, 20, sometimes as much as 30 seconds for him to respond. And it really taught me a lot about thinking more about what I say before I say it. And I think we can all learn from each other in this and we can appreciate the differences instead of trying to make, uh, make each other to be like one another. I think that waiting thing too is a good idea for most people, uh, especially a lot of left of normal people like to process through their thoughts before they spit them out. But what I've found with me is if I wait, the other party just (laughs) keeps talking or if we're in a group setting, somebody else jumps in. And so I very rarely participate in group conversations because I'm trying to figure out my comment. And then by the time I'm ready to say it, we're like three or four topics deep into it. And my comment very much would not make sense anymore. And ever since I've started pausing a little bit before I say things, if I'm in a group setting talking, I it's hard to get what I need to say out. And eventually you just kind of have to jump in there. <laughs> You know, if, if you feel like it's important enough to say, oftentimes it just goes unsaid. <laughs> Which is generally a, a good idea. Most things can go unsaid. 
Well, and the other thing is, I think I think we chase the opportunity to speak too often. I think if we instead let it come to us and maybe uh, just be the last person to speak, you know, it's always a good thing if somebody at the end of a end of a conversation says, "Hey, uh, what do you think of this?" and then you get to kind of put the last word. Yeah, I've noticed there's some people that are really good about chiming in. They understand the personalities of the group, and mm -hmm. so they single people out that they know have good input but don't speak up. Mm -hmm. And when they're asked, those people actually do have good input but would never get said if somebody didn't specifically say, what's your input? Um, so let's see, I guess kind of final wrap it up here is there anything else we should know about life the universe everything what was that last thing is there anything else we should know about life the universe everything yeah there's something in in my opinion that i found to be pretty helpful and that is that life is about relationships and accomplishments it is the currency of life and also, I know that that beat is sick, Scott. It sounds like the beginning of a really gangsta hip-hop song. But really, relationships and accomplishments is where it's at. And at the end of your life, everything else that's not relationships and accomplishments, at the end of your life, it'll just blow away like dust in the wind. So that, that sick beat, I don't know if it actually picked it up. It was a lot quieter than I expected. My son changed my alarm from the Aruga sound to ding, 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 ding. And so the sick beat was the actual timer that I had set so we could start wrapping things up and it ended up being just right. Apparently, Aubrey talks much less than Gary Carter does. <laughs> Carson. Carson. My dad has a friend named Gary Carter and I get Gary Carson and Gary Carter mixed up all the time. It's two Gary C's. Yeah. So, as Aubrey said, it's all about the relationship. Uh... As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I know that is very much true. Uh, there are a handful of clients that I've gotten that are just straight up clients. They saw my product and they needed it. Most of them, however, come from a relationship or a referral from a good relationship. Uh, I believe one of my podcasts talk, talks about how every job I've ever had came from because I knew somebody in the job, other than I think one. I think I got one job that they just needed desperately needed help and could overlook every single one of my flaws that I elaborately put on display during the job interview. <laughs> so you didn't interview well? Uh, apparently I never have. <laughs> every interview I leave, I'm like, I did great. And then I get feedback. They're like, ah, we went with somebody else. And then I check their website and they reposted the job because I interviewed so terribly that oh, they just straight up didn't hire anyone. Oh, man. But uh, one of my friends that hired me did tell me I interviewed poorly, and <laughs> he pulled for me, and I actually got the job. I just talked about it, I think it was the last, last two weeks ago, about how I like almost got fired after my first day because they hired me, and then they just didn't train me and expected <laughs> me to go and do what I was supposed to do. That's always And good. I messed things up a lot. But anyway, those are topics for another time. For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right, and if it feels right, then it must be left. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community, and interact there. Uh, anyone can post about their questions and experiences on that community page. 
Uh, remember that if you're really talkative and excited about things, a left of normal is silently dying inside and cannot wait to get away from you and get back to his or her happy place. Oh, another thing is, if you have Scott's phone number, call him because he loves talking on the phone. And my phone has a decline <laughs> button. I use it regularly. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they are left normies or right.